You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. Hey, welcome. We're the Fantasy Joes. It's a Fantasy Joes Uncut episode, episode 95, well on the way to 100. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening from the home office in Minneapolis, Minnesota, the one and only Will Greenwood. Will, what's going on, my friend? Welcome, everybody. This is Will Greenwood calling in from the home office. We're going to have a great episode for you today. Uh, this is my NPR little impression here. I'm going to breathe heavily into the microphone while I talk and talk really softly. No, I'm actually super excited. I did get a new microphone, everybody. So Yay! Much better. I had one before, and it's all circumstances would be undisclosed. Uh, very bougie circumstances so uh yeah i'm excited to, to chat tonight we have some good stuff and i also think uncut might just have to be taken out because uh we don't do a lot of cutting anymore we don't i, we, I may I drop a swear word later who knows listen yeah. up unedited uncensored i want to insert maybe an applause where you got a new mic because it makes such a big difference so um so anyway i think everyone's gonna be happy about that but so I have a new microphone and one, two, three, four, five, six pillows around the room to try to kill the... So guys, if you want to know, and ladies out there, if you want to know what it takes to try to cut down on you know, the, the feedback you get in a room, it's having an old couch and taking all the pillows and then your wife being like, hey, or your significant other being like, hey, I want to sell the couch at Craigslist. And I'm like, no, I need those now <laughs> for the podcast. And she's like, well, we could sell the couch for like 250 bucks. And I'm like, well, that, and I'd probably have to like hang curtains in here. Or yeah, I don't know how you like soundproof your room. And when I looked it up, it's very expensive. So anyway. Will's driving around, around in garbage day in his neighborhood looking for like the, the couch that someone's throwing away, you know, that they're just putting on the curb for free. Like we got to yeah. pull over and grab those cushions. I need them for my podcast studio. Jenny, 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 go sniff those cushions. Come on, come on. <laughs> don't you love me? Uh, <laughs> so I want to make a little, a teaser, a little announcement. Because last year, loyal listeners will remember, we did something called the Fantasy Joe's Bowl. And we called it Fantasy Joe's Bowl 1, thinking we would do it multiple years. And with Fantasy Joe's Bowl, it was a lot of work. And Trey Barrett, who's not with us tonight, he did a lot of that work. And we kind of talked about dropping it. The great thing about Fantasy Joe's Bowl 1 is we raised $1,000, over $1,000 for Fantasy Cares. You might have heard about Fantasy Cares this week. You might have heard about something called the Scott Fish Bowl that's going on. We'll talk about that in a couple of minutes. Um, And I was, we had agreed to drop it, I think. But then I listened to a podcast. Scott Fish was on it. I think he was talking, um, I think it was the, the Daily Fantasy Edge podcast. In any event, he got me inspired. He talked about all the work he puts in to raise money for Fantasy Cares and how great a charity Toys for Tots is, one of his favorites, because all the money that goes to Fantasy Cares and Toys for Tots, it goes to the cause itself, no administrative overhead. So that inspired me. And, and John Bosch, who's running all these eliminators, so much work that John's put into it. I'm like, if those guys can do that, you know, I can take over commission duties this year. And, and I'm sure Trey and Will will pitch in to help. And we can do the Fantasy Joe's Bowl again. So we're going to do Fantasy Joe's Bowl too. And we're going to try to raise some money for Fantasy Care. So I'm really excited about that. So I just wanted to tease out on the show. We're going to clone the settings from the Scott Fishbowl, Scott Fishbowl 9. So if you've kind of, if you're not in Scott Fishbowl and I, you know, it, it might be tough to listen to all the Scott Fishbowl talk and not be involved. Well, you can be involved because there's satellites that are starting up. Scott just got some satellites going and 
essentially the Fancy Joe's Bowl too is going to be like a clone of the Scott Fish Bowl. And if you win that, are the bragging rights quite the same? No. But if you want to be like FF Stompy and post a video on Twitter announcing your victory and talking smack going into Fancy Joe's Bowl 3, you can do that. So anyway, I'm excited. Fantasy Joe's Bowl 2 coming soon. Probably early August we'll do the draft. So what do you think, Will? Are you excited? You ready to win it this year? You going to win it? You going to take it? Uh, after I won it last year, of course. You won it last year? No. <laughs> didn't, didn't Caleb Pearson? <laughs> I don't know. Caleb's he's close. The show. I, don't think, I don't think he's uh, Caleb. But anyway. Hey, Caleb. Sorry, Caleb. Loser. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So I, I just want to, and, and, you know, like if you don't know about Fantasy Cares, I'm actually in a startup league right now, which we'll talk about in a second. And there were people in the league that didn't know about Fantasy Cares, so not everyone knows about it. So I just want to spread the word right now, fantasycares.net, and donate. Uh, play in Fantasy Joe's Bowl too, because the money will go to, to Fantasy Cares. So we'll well, and the thing that And the thing that Scott Fish really promotes is take one of your league entry fees this year and donate it to charity. Just have that be, take it out of the prize pot, uh, you know, if you're in a high stakes, take half a one, take a hundred bucks out of there, whatever. Just, just do a little bit because every little, we're such a big community and we're all gambling. I mean, basically illegally gambling with our, with our tiny, with our uh, leagues that we're doing because you're not going to report these kind of things on like taxes or anything like that. So take, you know, do a little bit of good on the side. Maybe it'll come back and uh, that'll be your good karma. Absolutely. Um, Sorry, l- legally, legally gambling. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's becoming it's becoming legal though in warmer places so that's that's exciting well like, it, like if you let's say you play a hundred dollar league and the winner wins 600 bucks isn't that i think that's is that something over the level that you have to report it in winnings or is it like 900 i can't remember we do not give legal anyway. advice here on the fantasy joes okay, so sorry sorry sorry, sorry. Say, <laughs> you know, don't don't take medical advice from us legal advice no no don't do it scott fishbowl's going on um it's been really interesting and um, I, I, we were, I, I just want to say that one of the takeaways from Scott Fishbowl, I don't want to go on and on about it. You don't care about my team, I know, is it's kind of fun to get into redraft mode and how redraft mode gets you thinking differently about the upcoming season because we talk about Dynasty so much. Oh, and wait, I want to chime in quickly. Go ahead. You're going to redraft mode. No trading, no trading at all in the Scott Fishbowl. So you're set where you are, your draft order. That's why I feel like really brings up the thinking conversation, which makes it more fun. Yeah, and it, it, it spurs a lot of conversations. So, for example, both Trey and I, we ended up with Devonta Freeman on our team. I think we both took him with our fourth pick. We both drafted from the 111. And we were talking about guys in that range like Fournette, on Johnson, who Trey really loves, and Devonta Freeman, who actually his ADP is a little bit later than where we took him. But as I said to Trey, you know, we got to put that redraft mindset out the window or no, we got to embrace that redraft mindset and put that dynasty mindset out the window because Demonte Freeman, it, it's like it's all about boomer bust. I mean, you want to don't just go crazy in Scott Fishbowl, you, but you want to take calculated risk, and I think that's one because Freeman, in theory, could have just a monster year. And with the bonuses in the, in this league, I, I'm really excited about that pick. So it's just fun because it really makes you think differently. And um, and you know, like I said, if if you want to experience that for yourself. Um, the Fancy Joe's Bowl will allow you to do it if you're not in Scott Fish. So, but anyway, we, we, let's not talk anymore about Scott Fish Bowl because um, you're playing in it or you're listening to other other podcasts are talking about it. We're not going to get into Scott Fish Bowl night strategy. We are going to talk about first. Well, we can talk about whatever we want because this is an uncut, unedited, uncensored episode. <laughs> but 
we thought we'd talk about some of the strangest things we've seen in a startup draft. And what prompted this as a topic is I'm in this startup IDP dynasty. <laughs> and we'll sit here and about it. You start nine offensive players and 11 defensive players. So heavy IDP. And, but it's super flex. And I thought, and looking at the scoring, yeah, the, it's, it's four points per passing touchdown. So court, quarterback value is a little bit devalued, but still quarterbacks are valuable. You still have to start two. Well, I traded back. I traded the 212 for a fifth rounder and seventh rounder. One of the guys I was targeting at the 212, Andrew Luck, was still available for me when I got to my next pick um, at the end of the fourth round with 412. That's one of the strangest things I've ever seen in a any kind of Superflex league. And I know IDP has something to do with it, but that was pretty crazy. The strangest things that's happened to me in a long time. But then I thought back to what is the strangest thing that's ever happened to me in the startup draft? And it's Randall. The first dynasty league that I joined, there was a guy named Randall that drafted a whole team and then he left the league. And Will Greenwood jumped in to join the league. And that's how I met Will. And that's one of the reasons the Fantasy Joe started because had Randall not dropped out of this league after drafting a whole team, um, the Fantasy Joes wouldn't exist. So. So, Will, you never knew Randall, but Randall has a huge impact on your life. Have you ever thought about naming one of your dynasty teams after Randall? Uh, I think my name was called Randall's Revenge at the league come playoff time, and it went horribly just like his startup draft. So, uh, <laughs> I, do cool. think, I do think Randall – and also, shout out to Foot Clan Dynasty League, or Foot Clan, the leagues with that, the, the group form is where I found that when I was first getting into it. Uh, That's right. Yeah, as you listen to more and more podcasts, I still really like the the existence of like so like I didn't get the UDK this year, uh, and I probably I, I probably will because I like to know that going into my redraft leagues how other people are going to value because it's just so popular. They give really great advice, but that those forums are still a great place to find leagues in to to hop in and have some fun. So anyway, that's where I found this one, and it's 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 a ten team half point PPR. Uh, with four points for passing touchdown or six points for passing? Anyway. Six. Uh, six points. Yeah. Empire Dynasty League. Yeah. And all the Joes are in it now. We recruited Trey. We lost a member. So it's a heavy Joes league, but it's a lot of fun. The guys in it are great. Um, most of them listen to the show. So shout out to the Empire League. Um, the other fun thing we thought we would do um, it, it, on this show is look back at this startup because this was my first ever Dynasty startup draft. And Will didn't get the chance to draft because Randall drafted his team for him. I'll be drafting as Randall in this, in this draft. <laughs> so we thought it'd be fun to, to go back and recap what happened. This was back in 2017, right? Or 2016? Yeah. No, it's 20, it's going to the 2017 season. And I also found some, so after trying to look up Randall in my. No, it was, 20, it was, I'm sorry. It's, no, it was 2016 because the rookie draft was uh, the first rookie draft wasn't. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So it's 2016. Okay, 2016, and then I have some good buy, like off-season from 2017 Dynasty Bylows that I think will make stuff fun for us. So I, I don't think my first – it's not too embarrassing because I look at my first pick. So I had the 108, and I, I traded a lot in this league. I don't have records of the exact trades looking at this Google spreadsheet. But with the 108, I took Amari Cooper, who's gone down in value. But at the time, Amari Cooper was super hot. And it's interesting to look at this first round. Um, 
most of these wide receivers have still have pretty amazing value. That's why you draft wide receivers early. Odell Beckham Jr. went first. Antonio Brown is older, but, but you know, still pretty valuable. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Allen Robinson. Yeah, you know, we'll see what happens this year. Uh, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans. So, you know, you drafted the guy in the first round. David and, Johnson would, would be tenth if you might as well hit the whole round. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I, I wasn't – I was skipping the running backs. But also running backs that win the first round. Remember, 10-team league. Todd Gurley, Zeke, and David Johnson. So, I, none of those picks are horrible today. You know. Yeah, this was this was coming into Zeke's rookie year. So, at the 107, that was a good uh, risk. I actually ended up trading for Zeke this league at some point and trade him away. But uh, so, Amari Cooper, I also remember – uh, going into, I think now 2017, uh, in a different league, trying to desperately trade up into the first round to get Amari Cooper. And this is before really getting into the analytical side of Dynasty and being a much more researched Dynasty player. But I, I remember the the person typing back like, hey, I feel like this is the last like golden goose of the first round. And that went horribly for them. But it... <laughs> As far as like the the peak the peaks and valleys of value, you know, that's not a golden goose is supposed to be somebody that's that's rock solid. And I felt that at the same time. But I think it's so much fun to see how things change so quickly when we feel like I mean you you get so many like hard takes and super big opinions and things like that in Dynasty. So it's good a good lesson. Because there's no there's no flaws there's no flaws in Amari Cooper's profile before this, you know, until Oakland went downhill. I'm ranting now. I'll, 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 I'll take a pause. No, that's okay. Um, so second round starts off okay. You got Le'Veon Belt went off the board. AJ Green next. Then at the 203, I took Gronk because I thought in a 10-team league, Gronkowski is going to give me such a huge advantage. And really, he was a frustrating guy to own his whole career. I still have him in this league, but <laughs> I should have traded him when I had the chance. So Randall, then, uh, well, uh, I, me acting as the ghost of Randall. That's so right. I traded back from the first round because I'm a smart analytical, analytical dynasty player, and I took Sammy Watkins, uh, the fourth pick in the second round. So this is the 14th pick overall. Because remember, this is 10 team, so it's really like the 202 in a regularly. Uh, and again, in 2016, oh, I should have pulled this up sooner. So why Watkins was so high, but I think he, I think he had just come off that thousand yard season. Oh yeah. You know, he's doing pretty well. And I think this, at this point in time, this is a steal for Sammy. Oh yeah. We were all super on Sammy Watkins. I was this him going into, um, I don't think he was part of that, that um, was it a 2014 wide receiver class. That was so amazing. I, I think he was, was he a year after that? And, and yeah, no, he had a great, great um, start to his career. So wasn't he the first receiver taken in that 2014 class? Just ended up being the worst pick. Well, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Yeah, we'll we'll go back to the to the draft too. You want to look that up while I read the rest of this round? Yeah. So Alshon went next at the 205 in this 10 team league. You he know, was okay. Yeah. So okay, perfect. Um, Dez went next as Bryant, who at the time was a great wide receiver. Uh, worked out for a couple of years. Uh, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks. Here's the worst pick of the second round. And I traded for this pick. I traded up to take Dante Moncrief. He's <laughs> <laughs> oh, dynasty hype trade at this moment in time, though. That was, was out of this world. Yeah. Yes, it was. And but I, second I, round cost. Oh, oh my God. Woo-hoo-hoo. I bought into 19th it. overall. I didn't know anything about dynasty when I started in my defense, clearly. <laughs> and then, um, the ghost of, of Randall. You want to talk about who you took at the end of round two? Well, so this is right after uh, still one of my main men, 
because so, I'm going to end up with too many shares of this this feller uh, is Lamar Miller. Uh, we can all think Matthew Barry, and I do like Matthew Barry, and I love listening to him, and I think he uh, you know he always provides good perspective, at least in general, and as long as you don't take him too seriously, uh, as far as it, I don't know. I feel like some people have really big problems with him, but I don't at all. But anyway, he really loved Lamar Miller and had him as like number one running back coming into 2016. And it went poorly, but that's okay. I think that the two – I traded Lamar Miller for a haul in this league. So I think getting him at the, the – so the 20th pick overall here worked out really well for me, but a horrible pick by Randall. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I don't understand. Just kind of as an aside, since this is the, you know, the uncut show um, – with Matthew Barry, I I don't I don't get the the hate either. You know, you know I because I mean he's he very you know pretty humble beginnings and um, he he is a big reason that the fantasy industry is the way it is today. Um, you know I I I don't I don't really get it. I don't really get the hate. I mean you don't have to love his his takes or his analysis or his podcast or anything like that, but. He's a pretty good writer. He's he's pretty entertaining. I still enjoy reading his columns. And, Super self-deprecating, so he fits yeah. in with our sense of humor. Yeah, so I don't I don't I don't really understand, but that's okay. Um, I just just I had to go. I started his book, but haven't haven't really gotten into it. I need to get back into it. Yeah, I think he's a good writer. I I, I like him. I like his stuff. Okay. Uh, if you don't think so, just watch Crocodile Dundee two. He's <laughs> a writer on that. He's a writer for that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, I believe it was two, not one. One is great. Two, probably not such a I, I haven't watched it. So. Uh, have you watched either one of them? Uh, I've probably seen bits and pieces. I, I've probably seen the whole Crocodile Dundee several times, but over the course of like several years. Yeah, so the first one is one of my favorite movies. It was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Um, it probably is like extremely offensive today if I watched it and totally not politically correct, but it was pretty good, you know? Like the, my favorite scene <laughs> is when, when the, like the... Um, you know, talking about like racial stereotypes and stuff. Like she's getting mugged in, in New York. A guy's got like a little like switchblade and he pulls out, he's like, that's not a knife. Now that's a knife. And he pulls out that big, like, you know, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's fun. But, okay. I mean, you want to talk about movies that don't hold up over time. Just, just <laughs> go back and watch Joanna man. <laughs> I don't think I watched that the first time. Um, it wasn't good go the first and time. It. <laughs> and it's so much worse now. All right. So, Randall's that was Randall's favorite movie, by the way. He said in the league chat during the draft. I just remember. <laughs> hey, sorry, guys. It's just trying to watch a lot of man. Oh man. Let's take away from my movie watching, guys. I gotta quit this league. Randall had a, the best pick around. Just Randall, you want to take it over? So uh Randall in his savvy moves here had hopped on another hype train. So 301, uh, this player was picked very early uh in the 2015 draft, right? It was a year after. Uh, and got hurt his rookie season. And so he was like, I'm buying in 100%. I'm taking Kevin White, the 31st pick. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I take that back. Sorry. The 21st pick Ooh. overall in this startup. And I'm going to win the league slash leave it before it starts. Yeah. I, I mean, at the time, this pick made sense. Now it just looks horrible. I don't so- know if it did, though. I feel like after an injury, even a receiver taken that highly – We've learned as the dynasty community not to buy in. Right. Yeah. What are, are we sure this isn't his rookie year? Um, this twenty sixteen. I'm looking. We up. need to pull up the twenty sixteen NFL draft. We once again this is uncensored, unshow sheeted uh, for the most hey, part. 
Right, right. Fill in with some of your IDP talk. <laughs> That'll keep people around. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so 2016 was his rookie year. So There we go. Uh, he was drafted in 2016. I don't know. The three oh yeah. And looking back, he was taking, was it 10th, 10th or 8th overall? Yeah, you know, the, the funniest thing about this is, if you look at this draft, you talk about wanting to invest in high-powered offenses. We talk about that a lot. Um, you've got Alshon and Kevin White that was that were – because Alshon was still with the Bears, right? Um, he hadn't moved on to Philadelphia yet. So, you know, you're, you've got two Bears wide receivers going. It doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I guess, yeah. you know, Jay Cutler was there. So that's what people were thinking, you know. But uh, I don't know. Um, so looking back in time – uh, an older wide receiver prospect, even taking at this part in the draft. Uh, one thing UTH has taught us, and, and Ryan, I feel like you could probably agree with this, is even when a wide receiver is taken that highly in an NFL draft, taking them this early in a startup draft, this was your 21st overall. So this would be late second round in a normal dynasty startup is too way, way, way too early. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It is too early. Well, maybe wait a second. Like even looking at next year though, like let's say like Jerry Judy, uh, I'm really excited about LaVisca Chenault coming out of Colorado. Uh, what's his name from Clemson? You shouldn't be taking those guys probably in the first two rounds of a dynasty startup. Well, wait a second. I, I don't, I think Kevin White was actually 2015. I don't think he was 2016. His first year. Oh yeah. Cause he sat out, right? Yeah. He got injured pretty early if memory serves. Yeah. So, so it was his second year, but, 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 but yes. his first year he played. Yeah, and I think that you're right. That was way too early to take him, um, obviously, in hindsight there. But so, so in general, just just to say dynasty lesson learned, though, overall, to give advice would be, even if a really high-picked uh, wide receiver does not perform in their first year, don't reach for him the second year expecting they're going to do better. Maybe wait a little bit. Maybe let somebody else take him at, at 25 overall. You know, and well, then if they, if they like, take the risk. The risk is that you're taking him there. The risk isn't in waiting, in, in my opinion. Yeah, but I, I would kind of push back and, and say that a first round, a wide receiver with a first round draft capital invested in them are usually are pretty good bets. I mean, they, they, you know, I, don't, I, I, think, I think that's a, a pretty good pick to take. Um, Rashad Faraday. Uh, I mean, you could go down the list. Corey Davis, is he going the top three rounds still? Okay. You can't take Corey Davis or Mike Williams or oh. John Ross. Well, you could take John Ross. Okay. Maybe that's a bad example. <laughs> the recent history, right? It hasn't worked out. All right. Well. Right. But, but look right. at the, okay. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. I have the data. Like I have a whole draft data sheet. I just, it, I don't want to pull it up right now. But look at the, okay. Look at all the other wide receivers though that went earlier. Like all those guys are first rounders. Right. Julio Jones. Mari Cooper. I mean, so, I mean, AJ Green. So, you know, historically, yeah, first round wide receivers are like any other position, you know, they get in the first round, they're good bets. I mean, it's like, three, it seems like out of how many you're, years you're, though? You're like, right. In recent history, I agree with you. Like, if you just look at recent history, you're right. I mean, not too many of them have panned out. So we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what happens with DJ Moore this year with Calvin Ridley to see if, if those guys have big years because they have the first round draft capital. But yeah, the, the couple classes before them, Mm, you know, doesn't seem like it's worked out so well. Well, let's move on because we got we want to talk about the rest of round three. Guys like Mark Ingram, T.Y. Hilton, Randall Cobb, Demarius Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. Ooh, the Miami tandem wide receivers taken back to back. Uh, Calvin Benjamin, <laughs> Jordan Reed, and Adrian Peterson. 
So, I mean, I don't know if those, any of those picks are like horrible. You know, I mean, now, you know, today, three years later, this is Dynasty League. Um, you know, they've all certainly declined in value uh, for the most part. I mean, maybe, I don't know, where is T.Y. Hilton going? Is he is he three, four still in Dynasty? Sorry yeah, he's really held head steady, I feel like. Although, so we're looking at, again, round three. So T.Y. Hilton would be the 23rd overall pick. He's not going late round two in Dynasty yeah. startups, I feel like. Yeah. But that's fine. I mean, yeah. that's three years later. Yeah, it's three years later. I mean, yeah. So you still be happy with that. So, and round four is where the wheels kind of fall off for the most part. It's, it's, it's super interesting with Jamal Charles, Jordan Matthews, Eddie Lacy, Devonta Freeman, Jordy Nelson, Doug Martin, Brandon Marshall, Corey Coleman, Carlos Hyde, and Laquan Treadwell. So you got a lot of guys. Oh, oh Laquan. Yeah. Corey Coleman, you know, just, ooh, ouch, you know. Was that his – when when was Corey Coleman drafted then? So Who's more disappointed, Kevin White or Corey Coleman? So Corey Coleman was the year after Kevin White. He was the first wide receiver drafted that year. I think it was like 15th overall to the Browns. So this was coming – so this is the 2016 rookie draft. Uh, this is Corey Coleman. Then I think it was Will Fuller. Then it was Josh Doxson. Then it was Laquan Treadwell in the first round. Well, this was 2016, though. Are you sure? Are you, are you, are that was the 2016 draft. Oh, that was – okay. Oh, I was looking at 2015. Yes, 2016 draft, yeah. Huh. So, you're, yeah, you're talking about taking a rookie that, that early. I mean, that's, that's, that was a, a lesson learned. And I think this was probably everyone that was in this draft, this was their first dynasty draft. So, I, th- I think everyone learned some lessons. Um, yeah, that, that hurts. That, that really hurts to take, take those guys. Um, yeah, it just backs up your your hypothesis, right? That um, first round wide receivers, um, yeah, Corey Coleman, yeah, fifteenth overall. That's crazy. So here's here's what we have. This is why that, that Kevin White year. I mean, so he was taken. So it's the same year as Corey Davis, or sorry, sorry, not Corey, Amari Cooper. And maybe that's why Kevin White was getting pumped up because Amari Cooper had such a great rookie season, and and Kevin White was hurt you know, then sat out and he's only three picks later at seven. 14th was Devonte Parker. 20th was Nelson Aguilar. 26th was Bashard Perryman. And 29th was Philip Dorsett. Those are all horrible first round picks besides Amari Cooper, who has had an up and down value uh, through his career now. And I feel like he's honestly a steal right now in redraft leagues. We're going to get him. And I'm, I'm buying in that he's going to be pretty good in that Cowboys offense. At least like it's, it's not going to be a smooth ride, but you're going to get some good weeks out of him. Uh, and I think what this shows you too is that like we talk about, you know, running backs and how valuable the, the three down running backs are. And, and that's certainly true, but there aren't very many elite wide receivers either. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're a rare breed and you get those elite wide receivers. It's hard to acquire them, but they're going to last you longer. I mean, look at that first round going back, you know, you Julio and uh, Nuke and, um, you know, Cooper, Mike Evans, you know, all those guys are, you know, you, you feel really good still. I mean, obviously um, a few of those guys have gone down in value. Yeah. But you're, you're really happy you still have those guys on your team. So um, yeah, those guys are hard to get those, those elite wide receivers. And I, I think maybe that's getting lost a little bit um, today in dynasty a little bit because of running backs. And when we do our startups, most of the time, um, Superflex league or regular league, whatever, we're going for those elite 
running backs because they're going to win you the leagues, right? The Saquons and the CMCs and the Alvin Kamaras. But those wide receivers are still super valuable, you know? Yeah, it's, it's only good if you, if you hit on them. Though. I don't know. First-round wide receivers are, like, looking at this list and, and off the top of the cuff, I'm sorry for not having looked at this sooner uh, to the listeners. But even – so let's go back to the year uh, 2012. Great year. So there were there were four <laughs> wide receivers taken in the four, first round. Five overall, Justin Blackman. Thirteenth overall, Michael Floyd. Twentieth. Blackman got hurt though, and AJ Jenkins. No, I mean, yeah, but I mean, I think Michael Floyd had a, a thousand yard season, right, or at least close to. Uh, yeah. It, then we're gonna follow up with 2013. Number eight, Tavon Austin. Number 27, DeAndre Hopkins. And this was a moment in time where uh, Fred actually got mad at me because he goes. Andrew Hobson's gonna be really good. I'm gonna take him as a sleeper in this uh in this this auction draft. And I stole Andrew Hopkins for a dollar that year and ended up starting him later in the season. Anyway, uh but then the 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 29th overall was, was Cord, uh, Cordero Patterson. And then we had the epic 2014 class, although Sammy Watkins was fourth, Mike Evans was seventh, OBJ was twelfth, Brandon Cook's twentieth, and Calvin Benjamin was twenty-eighth. So the rest of that receiving class that's really superseded Calvin Benjamin came in the later round. So he should not be really included in that epic 2014 class, although he did produce 1,000 yards season, like right off the bat. But now he's washed out of the league. Like that long-term value of the wide receiver while you're investing there is gone. So then we now have this hype. And then the, in 2015, Fonte Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Bashar Perryman, Philip Dorsett. None of those guys are startable now. Uh, and, 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 I mean, like, God bless you if you, if you, draft, if you draft them early, you know, coming in the next year. And then we had just Amari Cooper and Kevin White. Oh, sorry. Amari Cooper and Kevin White were also in that class. Anyway, all but one are, are, have lost value heavily. Yeah. No, kind of interesting. And maybe it's that, that 2014 class then that maybe it kind of clouds our, our judgment a little bit. Or we, we, you know, we kind of looked at that and see what happened in that first round. It's, kind of, it's interesting. It's interesting. Let's talk about the fifth round. And still, still some fantasy viable names and still some names that are, you know, people that are gone now for the most part. You got Andrew Luck at the top of the fifth round. Uh, Shady McCoy, John Brown. Wait, did we? Yeah, we went through the fourth. Okay. Wait, first of all, is Randall. Thank you. Uh, QB early Randall. Grabbed yeah. Andrew Luck at the, the 41st pick overall. <laughs> Rather than Kevin White, has Kevin White pick, pick in the third round? I mean, come on. Randall's getting better at this. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, honestly, I don't know. The Randall's <laughs> trading around, you know. So, um, LaShawn McCoy, John Brown. So, the 504, I traded um, in a deal. I'm not sure if I traded back or moved, moved up to get Cam Newton, but I, but I did. So, I was early. Um, and, and I've been happy with Cam Newton in this league, I have to say, with uh, six-point passing touchdowns, his rushing ability. So, that has not been a bad pick um, in hindsight. Uh, but Doriel Green-Beckham was not a great pick. <laughs> Next. Uh, Michael Floyd, Josh Doxson, Doug Baldwin, Thomas Rawls, and Julian Edelman. So we're starting to so, so that, that Thomas Rawls pick is something when I was doing that research on Daryl Bevel and I meant to look at the game logs from the year that he was the, the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks when Marshawn Lynch went down to see the game logs for what they gave for carries of per running backs. And again, this is going to sound like a broken record, but I, I didn't actually get into that when I was doing that Daryl Bevel research, looking into the Seahawks offense for the next year and talking about, or sorry, looking at the Lions offense for this coming year and looking at how Houston. But if, if memory serves me right, 
Rollins was a workhorse until he got hurt. Like, he was a bell cow back in that offense until he got hurt. And then the next guy up was a bell cow back. Daryl Bevel does not like switching out running backs in his offense. And he had Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch beforehand. So, yes, he has two basically outliers at the running back position is, is saying that, like, not every running back is great. Uh, statistically, it's really hard to match up to those guys. So, but when it came to uh, Marshawn Lynch going down, he still, used, he still used a heavy carry guy. And I think that's what matters. And that's another reason I'm promoting carry on Johnson this year. Total whirlwind of, of a, you know, of, tra- of train of thought there. But I will find that out, and I will report back next week. I promise. Good example of a guy who, in that 2015 season, uh, you know, flashed and, and looked really good, but you, you know, didn't didn't have the you know draft pedigree or anything like that, and um, just kind of fizzled out. So um, interesting case there. Any any other observations from that? I, I mean, Dorian Green Beckham, classic guy that kind of was in trouble and had a lot of talent, but never put it together. Um, around six is kind of interesting. You know, Ryan Matthews. Remember Ryan Matthews? He was a good player um, for a while. Melvin Gordon. What, what, nice, nice pick there in round he, six. Yeah, because he didn't have a touchdown the year before. That's right. Yeah, he sort of he's horribly right. <laughs> like his so, mom wouldn't even his mom wouldn't even wear his jersey until he scored a touchdown. Yeah, it's being tough, Mama Gordon. I'm just saying. I was like excited with the six of three when I got Jeremy Macklin. It was still pretty good at the time. <laughs> at least a startable wide receiver. Uh, Tyler Eifert went next. Was he the second tight end drafted? It looks no, no. Um, Jordan Reed was drafted earlier. Um, Deion Lewis, Golden Tate, Tyler Lockett was a hot name who I uh, traded for. Duke Johnson. Alan Hearns and Matt Jones at the end of the sixth. Matt Jones, everybody. Was that Randall? I can't. No, that was that was that was uh, the Dynasty Dark Sorcerer that took that pick. It wasn't that at the time. It was Ben. He's changed. Yes, he has changed. <laughs> but anyway, I, I don't know how far we want to go with this because the the further and further we go along, the the picks get like more and more irrelevant. I mean, okay, like can we randomly skip to the? Um, the 15th round just for fun. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is awesome. There's some okay names, a couple of okay names in here, but round 15, Pharaoh Cooper, Phillip Rivers, Nelson Aguilar, Seattle defense, Denver defense, Josh Ferguson, <laughs> Alan Collins, <laughs> Matt Stafford, Houston defense, and Chris Hogan. We all decided, uh, not all of us, but several play- owners decided, man, this is obviously a defense in this league, which is not too common. <laughs> we were like, we got to get those defenses, man. <laughs> Somebody started a defense around. <laughs> you rarely see that. Round 14, <laughs> it was the Arizona defense that started it, that, that mighty Arizona defense. How does that look now, three years later? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're in the waiver wire, I'm pretty sure. Um, it's pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, and it just gets better. And obviously, late. This is how all dynasty drafts are. But late, it's like just some some fun names. Uh, Victor Cruz, Bruce Ellington. This is the last round, round twenty. Uh, Kiaris Garrett, remember him? The I think he was a wide receiver uh, that Carolina was excited about. Um, I think he had. I think he had like a. Uh, I remember uh, the Roto Underworld talking about him as like a, a DFS guy once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even sure he ever played in the NFL. Maybe he played a couple of games. 
Tannen, Ryan Tannenhill, Chris Thompson, Jeff Herman, Kyrie Robinson, Alfred Morris, Ruben Randall. Oh, I love it. Wait, and, Jeff Hierman, the tight end? What's that? Jeff Hierman, the Herman, the tight end was taken? I think so. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Still around. Yeah. Other guys taken late, uh, you know, DeAndre Smelter and James Stark and uh, Malcolm Mitchell, who was exciting for a while and until injuries ended his career. And I don't know. Keith Marshall, the running back from, that, that played for the Redskins. Never really oh, played. I was so excited about Keith Marshall. I might have a weird obsession with Georgia running backs. <laughs> well, usually it's pretty good to have a weird obsession with them because most of them pan out pretty well. But Keith Marshall didn't. I think injuries kind of derailed his. Career. And him and him and uh, what's his what's his name uh, uh, what would we call him like Matt? Matt Jones. Yeah, like fat. But they called him like Fat Matt, right? Whatever. Are you talking about um, Fat Rob? Rob Kelly? Yeah, Fat Rob. Him and so him and Fat Rob bought a kid an Xbox at at like a, a Walmart or Kmart or something when they were there. And checking out, and the family couldn't afford it, and they heard him playing as they were walking by, and they, they purchased a child and Xbox for Christmas. That's cool. Yeah, so it's fun to go back and look at these, and maybe this is a good exercise for um, anyone that's been playing Dynasty to do. It was it's fun to go back and look who who was drafted, and um, you know, just just kind of see, try to remember what you were thinking at the time. Um, and and some of these picks just don't make a lot of sense. Um, when I when I look at them, like picks that I made in particular, like what was I thinking? Uh, some of them weren't bad, but then, yeah, what was I thinking with some of them? You know, like what, like trading up for Dante Moncrief. <laughs> it was Great the pick. hype though at the time. It was the hype. People were hyping him, and man, that was easily the worst pick I made in this draft. I mean, there were some bad picks otherwise, but man, that one was bad. Paxton Lynch. I took Paxton Lynch around seventeen. <laughs> that was, you know, not not a horrible pick where I took him, but it's like I was excited about Paxton Lynch. Like, oh, he's going to be. But in a ten-team, one quarterback league, it's like, eh. yeah, I already had Cam. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, I guess I thought I needed a second quarterback. I don't think I took a defense though. So, no, I did. I took the Jets defense round nineteen, next to last uh, round. So, mighty Jets defense. Okay, pulled it up. For everybody, Thomas Rawls in the games that he started for the Seahawks. So before he got hurt and then had to be eased back in, uh, he started a total of seven games. I'm not going to count the last one because it was an off game, you know, at the end of the season, week uh, 17. The games that he started, 16, 17, 23, 30, 21, 19 carries. Yeah. I, I And that's why he was hyped up coming into this draft this year. He had 830 yards. He had only started seven games. Like, the rest of his games were all duds. Uh, he had so much potential, and they were ready to go. I mean, he only had 11 targets for nine receptions. That's fine. Uh, you know, that can change because he wasn't really a – Darrells is never – he was never a pass catcher. Uh, but that's why he was so hyped Is he – I mean – he had a game with 30 carries for 209 yards. Like, that's a, that's a massive, massive game log. 
And when you're watching that game, he looked dominant. But that's also Darryl Bevel wants to use one guy to pound the defense. So, again, you're extrapolating a lot, but at least I feel like that's a little bit of a, a you know, a, a notch in carry on Johnson's belt coming into this season. Yeah. No, no. I mean, there's a chance that Karen Johnson is going to have a huge year. There's no question about that. Uh, Thomas Rawls, you know, one thing people forget about him is that he was a highly tended player. He was one, like, I think the um, state of Michigan, like one of the most valuable players of the year. Um, He he was, he was really good. He went to, he started his career at Michigan. I think injuries held him back or maybe he had trouble. Maybe he got suspended or something. So then he went to central Michigan. So he's a really talented guy. And I think injuries has, have just derailed his career. I mean, ran a four four six forty, uh, three cone, seven point one seconds. Not not so bad. Pretty good, really. So he was good. It's just um, I th- he couldn't stay healthy. I, it was a, the way he ran. You know, his running style. It's just uh, he was fun to watch. I, I I miss Thomas Rawls. I I think he's still floating around somewhere, right? He's on somebody's roster. I think he's on Jacksonville. Oh, it, that's right. That's right. So. Uh, probably not the same player he was, but um, wouldn't that be fun if, um, you know, Leonard Fournette, and I'm not saying I want anything to happen, bad to happen to Leonard Fournette, but wouldn't that be fun if, you know, something happened to Leonard Fournette and Rawls came on the scene and just had, you know, some big games? That would be kind of fun. Yeah, worst case scenario is he signs with the San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> that would be great if he uh, went to the Niners and, you know, got, got some, some play. That would be okay, great. Ryan. You have to pick ten grand cash, no tax. So you're giving tax tax advice tonight. You no, we don't get one. Lit. You choose one running back in the San Francisco offense this year to score the most full PPR fantasy points, no bonuses, but you know six point, you know normal rushing touchdown, everything. What running back from the San Francisco offense scores the most points? I mean, are you giving me odds? I mean, I, I think the nope, obvious nope. answer is it's literally, it's literally you get to choose one of them. Ten grand's on the table. If, if I'm putting money on it, I'm going to go with uh, Tevin Coleman. But I think, and I'm sure people have heard this before. You know, you probably want to just invest in the cheapest running back because I, I like Matt Breida a lot. I think he's interesting because he's just uh, he just gets it done. But um, if I had to put money on it, Tevin Coleman. I think I don't know if Tevin Coleman's a very good running back, although he's certainly a good athlete. So, and, and obviously Kyle Shanahan seems to like Tevin Coleman, which means a lot. <laughs> so Tevin Coleman is my guy. I'm putting my money on. What about you? Uh, yeah, it's Tevin Coleman for me pretty easily. I was, <laughs> uh, I, sorry, I was listening to the dynasty nerds and I really like the dynasty nerds and, yeah. and he's all on, he's all uh dynasty rich is all in on Jarek McKinnon. And uh, I wonder, I wonder about the San Francisco's front office because John Lynch, and Shanahan don't really get along all that well, it seems like at least, with their player personnel choices. So I wonder if McKinnon was a Shanahan or a Lynch signing, and if Coleman was a Shanahan or a Lynch signing, was like, was that Lynch trying to make up to Shanahan by signing his old guy for no particular reason? Like, I'm, I just, I'm very curious. It is mysterious. That brings a question up for me, though, for you, because I, I think that with dynasty rich that's just kind of his guy and and you know i think sometimes we get so fixated on a player that we like that maybe we just can't let that go and and i'm not sure that if that's what's happening with with uh dynasty rich or not but are are there players that you just can't let go of that you know like all the 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 analytics and 
just looking at you know what's happened historically you 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 kind of know deep down inside that okay like in terms of a fantasy value this this guy's just not going to cut it but you just can't let it go that you you're just so intrigued by them that you have them in all your rosters at the back of the roster is there anyone like that for you will it's kind of do i do i have a taxi squad yeah sure okay ryan bell (laughs) he's i'm not kidding i still have my two taxi squads yeah uh because i can't quit him uh al lazard is another one because he was that iowa state guy coming out he's on the packers offense and I want to I want to wait and see how training camp shakes out. If he gets cut again, I mean, because he was an undrafted free agent, you know, going to the Jaguars and then to the Packers. So maybe he can maybe he can fly. You know, you just want if if somehow that can come out from under the radar. Uh, that's that's another one that's in there. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, CJ Prosize is another one that I just can't quite quit, even though I should be able to because I don't like Notre Dame at all, and he came <laughs> from there, but. And, and they said it, it was on a UGH. They said that we had that one CGA pro size game where they played the Patriots and he like just dominated and put up a massive game. Of course, got injured uh, immediately after or, or like towards the end of that game. But uh, I want, I want to see his next landing spot. Cause I think he's in the last year of his, his cheap deal with the Seahawks. So I want to see where he goes next. Maybe he gets another spot. Like if CJ pro size went to the chiefs, I would be ecstatic, but then I wouldn't be able to afford him because everybody would know about him. Again, because I remember in that one of those interesting dynasty startup picks round, I think I took him in like the fourth or fifth round in the league we were in together. <laughs> that was another one where I traded up with Trey to take Spencer Ware. Horrible choices. Um, uh, I'm trying to like like reach deep. Well, those are good. Those are good names. You don't have to go too deep. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying to just think wide receiver. Anybody that I'm really holding on to. I think if I can, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I tend to have Tyra Williams a lot of places, but I don't think that's like a deep reach, but I hope that he emerges a little bit better uh, in Oakland. Than he did in, in San Diego after his breakout year there. But uh, I think, yeah, I think that's about it. For off the top of the head. Yeah. I'm sorry. This is for the moment. Mine, it, although it's, it's year two, but the, the, you know, the signs are kind of working against him. Mine's Justin Watson. Justin Watson. Oh Yeah. Like I just can't can't let go of Justin Watson, and I think there if he gets time in the slot, there is a chance in Tampa that I think he could put up some decent numbers. I mean, if Adam Humphries can do it, I think Justin Watson can. But he's got several things working against him. He, he has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, who I'm getting higher and higher on the more I think about it with the vacated targets because Chris Godwin is a good wide receiver. Um, uh, so it's funny because people he was starting to get like a lot of hype and then people kind of started to hate on chris godwin and now it seems like he's getting a little bit of hype again it's he's kind of interesting i think he's gonna be a fourth round pick in redraft leagues here pretty soon if not already yeah I, I mean i don't know that i like that but um but maybe that's fair i don't know but he, he's, are, you, are you taking him over uh alan robinson jarvis landry okay i think i am uh, let's say let's move back uh, for redraft like julian edelman or no oh, Edelman for sure. That's okay. easy. That's easy. But no, I think, I think, I think Godwin. I'm starting to think Godwin over. I mean, I think with Allen Robinson, it's it's going to be so interesting, and I, I think that you know his floor is probably pretty good. But I, and I think his ceiling is interesting. But I, I don't know. I kind of get the feeling that Mitch is going to redistribute the ball a lot. The Bears do have a lot of weapons on offense, whether you like Trubisky or not. Um, you know, they've got a lot of, a lot of different options. You know, there's uh, Robinson. Oh, Adam Shaheen. I've been trying to scoop up Adam Shaheen places too. 
Well, you know, um, even guys that you don't think about too much, like uh, Cordell Patterson and Taylor Gabriel. And I'm also not kidding about Adam Sheen. Second round pick, it, he coming from a small school at tight end. It's going to be his third year. We shouldn't be surprised it takes him this long. Yeah. No, he's – yeah. I mean, he, and he was really raw when he came into the league. So, we'll, we'll see what I happens. I think this is the last year that they have a lot of sub money in Trey Burton. I have to look that up. Yeah, Trey Burton's not going anywhere for a while. So, I think – but but um, that that's the downside to Sheen. So maybe he's one of those guys that, um, I, I don't know. But Titans take a while to develop. Uh, but ju- getting back to Justin Watson, obviously a lot of guys in his way, including OJ Howard. So probably not you know not going to happen. But it could be on the road. I think he's really talented. But we shall see. I'm trying to think of other guys that fit the criteria for me. I I, I think the more I play Dynasty, the the less I get attached to certain players. So Justin Watson is certainly one of them. I think it's easy to happen too. If you like before the NFL draft and we're talking about rookies and if you get intrigued by a certain rookie and that's how I got intrigued by Justin Watson, you know, like Ivy league kid, it's just, I don't know, his story is kind of intriguing. And um, he's, he's all, he was also uber athletic. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not like, and he produced in college. It, it's not like he just came from nowhere. Right. So I just kind of like his story and, and, and I kind of like, him and um i don't know it's um yeah yeah i'm trying to get other players i brought this up and i have one player to throw out there that kind of stinks so huh. i'm just looking up trey burton's contract real quick so as we're as i'm, as I'm looking this up uh when i was looking up randall in my email to try to find where i exactly found this thing that we joined together i found a little rotoviz just headline about dynasty by lows and this was in july 13th 2017. So this is really relevant to now because we're in the doldrums of the offseason, right? And this is when people really go down Narrative Street or Article Street. You have to produce content. And with the way the industry is booming, you get a lot of you get a lot of bad content. And that maybe not bad content, you just get a lot of fluff content. I love reading about this stuff. If I know that you're reaching far in 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 where you're going with analytics. But so the off season twenty seventeen. Wait, time out. I apologize to Rotoviz before you 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 say this. He just said a lot lot of bad content and you're gonna quote this Rotoviz article. I love Rotoviz. We love you. So this is all Will. This isn't this isn't Ryan or or Trey talking. So anyway, go ahead. Well no, I I I meant to say like like fluff like let's just say fluff content and where analytics can get a little bit too deep. And this isn't like because I, I think some no, guys so some guys worked out here and increased in value. Right. So let's, let's start off with they had uh, Paul Richardson who ended up having I think like a 750 yard six touchdown season that was shortened by injury. Uh, they had Duke Johnson who finishes a PPR RB one coming into that year. The other ones were Jandre Washington, Randall Cobb, Johnny Smith, Willie Sneed, Laquan Treadwell. Alex Collins, who was a big win, especially if you sold him after the, the 2017 season. Uh, Devontae Booker, Eddie Lacy, and Andy Dalton. So let's say a hit rate of three, three in that, which is a, a big win. But that's why it's the favorite dynasty by lows. It's, it's not going to be a big success rate. It's not expected to be. But I think it's a fun look back on, on what uh, – and I don't have the article because this is just an email – that I randomly found within what we were talking about, but I think it provides some great stuff for when you're listening to things now, even what we're talking about and trying to find these gems. We're talking about our Joe's bros and players like that. We're just don't expect high hit rates. Expect you to have some information to make an educated choice on whether or not you want to purchase that player or like trade for that player in a league. 
uh, and go from there. Yeah, and, and I think at the end of the day, it, it's all about really, well, just making smart decisions and, and, and also, uh, uh, you know, how active you are, like getting studs on your team. I think, I think activity has a lot to do with it, uh, you know, even in the Dynasty League where, you know, like, you know, you picked up Damian Williams in the league where you won the championship, for example. He was on the waiver wire. He was on a lot of waiver wires. So uh, just being engaged and active, I think, is kind of the, the number one thing. And it's not so much the, you know, acquiring that um, um, that uh, Paul Richardson buy low guy for like a third round rookie pick. I mean, I mean, could that win you your league? I, maybe, but but probably not. That's probably not the move that's going to win your team. What's going to win your your win your league? What's going to win your league is being engaged and active and, you know, investing in the right studs and knowing, knowing when to sell guys you know, looking at the age curve. Like if we look back at this, this empire league draft, you know, some of these guys that, that went early that, um, you know, look like a bad value, like, you know, Des went the second round, the middle of the second round. Well, the key is yes. Even though Des, when he was taken in this draft, maybe he was like 27 or something like that, you know, you keep an eye on that. And then, you want to sell him before he starts to decline in value. And that happened real fast. So that's, that's the thing staying engaged and and just like, will the trade you made, Uh, you know, the, the Philip Lindsay and Damian Williams for Andrew Luck. I mean, could that trade backfire on you? I I guess. There was a 20, 21st in there. Okay. But you know what I mean? And Daniel Jones. Yeah. But those are key pieces. So, you know, I'm going to turn these pieces that I think are going to decline in value to Andrew Luck. So I just think that's, that's important. I think you're right. It's the, the smaller deals are probably not going to do a lot for you. I mean, they could, but. The thing is to provide value to both teams. It, you know, he wanted running backs in the future first. And I was able to provide that with players that I picked up off the waiver wire. So in general, I have recruiting value when it comes to startup, va- like startup, like, like basically startup draft position. But I'm also potentially hamstringing my team for the next year with not having running back depth. But he's going to have that. You can easily trade one of your studs for running back depth. No problem. You got excess of. Um, well, I mean, just, it's just it's just you know it's potentially, but that's where the the trade off comes from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, me, I am an expert trader and win every trade I ever do. Yeah, that is why I traded up in our startup draft with Trey in the fourth round to select Spencer Ware. Huge win! Woo! Okay. Okay. Disappointed! Um, we are at FF Joes on Twitter. We're the Fantasy Joes. We appreciate you listening. You can also become a Patreon supporter. Go to patreon.com slash fantasy Joes and check it out. Patreon supporters get a bonus episode twice a month during the off season, so you want to check that out. So on behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Keep yourself up in five years. <laughs>